The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcasts belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. You are listening to the I Want to Speak to the Principal podcast. With your host, Dr. Michael Milstead and William Jeffrey, it's where education is. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of I Want to Speak to the Principal. Speak to Principal would like to bring on to our show Mrs. Yvonne Fields. Mrs. Fields, how are you today? I'm doing awesome, and yourself? I am doing fantastic, Ms. Fields. Ms. Fields, before we start our show today, we're going to ask you if you would give us a little background about your experiences in education. Okay, so my experience in education. Well, I just finished my 30th year in education. All have been in one school district, and they have all been in special ed. I started out, of course, as a special ed teacher at one campus, which I was there for about 18 years. Actually, half of those years were spent under the awesome leadership of Dr. Michael Millstead, actually. Checks in the mail, Ms. Fields. Checks in the mail. Thank you, (laughs) ma'am. So as I was there at this particular campus, I also uh, continued my education and I received an additional two masters. One of them was in the curriculum and instruction. The other one is educational leadership. And so while teaching there, I received a promotion and I became a special ed facilitator. I was actually a special ed facilitator for probably about 10 years. And then I got another promotion and for the last two years, I've been qualified as a program manager for special ed as well. And I've been doing this for about two years. So in a nutshell, you know, it's been 30 years all in one school district and all in special ed. That's fantastic. That's excellent. Ms. Fields, like you said, you and I worked together for many, many years, and you have been an outstanding colleague and friend. I was just telling Will when we were talking about possibly potential guests for the show that when it comes to special ed, your name is always the first one to pop up in my mind. I know that you have a lot of experience in the area. You're very knowledgeable. And what I really admire about you is that in those arts, you really know how to take care of parents. You are always very compassionate and understanding. Was always doing things in the best interest of kids. So whenever I need any type of assistance or questions or anything about special ed, I mean, you are my go-to person. So I want to just thank you for all of your years of friendship and collegiality. Well, you know, I want to thank you for also putting your trust in me as well, too. The thing is, I don't have all the answers, but the way I see it is, guess what? If I don't have the answer, I know who to go to to get the answer. So, you know, I'm reading up on special ed uh, all the time because, you know what, in special ed, things change from day to day. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that being said, you know, we're in this COVID-19 era now of education, Mrs. Fields. So I have just a few questions for you. My first one is, assess COVID-19 schools closures. How are special ed arts being conducted? That's an involved question, Mm -hmm. but uh, let me try my best to answer that. So as far as our arts being conducted, I guess you can say we're still conducting arts in the same format that we were doing prior to COVID. However, everything right now is being done virtually. Mm -hmm. Our district is fortunate to have what we call art facilitators. And those are the personnel that will conduct all of the arts. 
Now, because of the COVID-19, of course, everything is done virtually. So our special ed admin and also we have some of our district administrators are helping to conduct those orders as well. So what we did is we've kind of met together and developed some electronic forms that we're going to use while we're developing these arts. And so one of the first things that we have asked our art facilitators to do is to share with our teachers what we call a continuity plan. And what we're doing is we're amending all of our arts because we're holding them as online learning. And prior to COVID, of course, we were face-to-face. So what we're having to do is amend all of our arts. And so we're going at this as a team approach. And I want to say that as of last Friday, I think we were probably close to being 100% of having all of our amended arts completed. Wow, exactly. And so what we're doing prior to those arts is we are holding staffing at campuses and we're looking at the uh, art information prior to COVID. And then we're trying to decide which services can be implemented at home by parents and students. And from that, we'll call parents and then we'll have our virtual arts. And then as an art committee, you know, we'll agree on what we're going to do as far as the online learning is concerned until we're back face to face. So we're, we're still doing some of the same things, but, you know, we put some different things in place to address the amended arts in the uh, continuity plan. That sounds like an amazing plan. I would like to know, are all our committee members required to attend? For the amended arts? We're not asking for all of them to attend. Most of them are. Of course, it requires our committee members must be in attendance. And so we are doing all of those virtually. And we've asked for our facilitators to hold all of our arts through uh, Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. And if parents are choosing to use Zoom, well, then they can. But our first attempt is through Microsoft Teams. And then if they don't have access to that or would prefer Zoom, well, then we're doing it by Zoom. Gotcha. Oh, man, it sounds like you guys are really on top of things, Mrs. Fields. Can you explain how IEPs are being constructed now? Yes. Okay, so for our IEPs, that, that one that's just very challenging for teachers, you know, because mm-hmm. one of the things that has saved us is that all through the entire school year, most of our forms have been an online form. So it was a must that we had to recreate or even create to be compatible to the online learning. So they're still collecting data from all of the teachers electronics. Most of them are using Google Docs to where, say for instance, for a student A, all the teachers of student A has access to that. And so on a daily basis, they're updating and putting in information based on if it's IEP objectives, if it's based on accommodations, all of those are being recorded by each teacher, whoever is providing those services. Also, what we've done is for our accommodations log, because of the online learning, we have adjusted our accommodations log. So if teachers are documenting accommodations, mm-hmm. it's only the accommodations that we've agreed upon in our virtual or just for the online learning piece. As far as the in-class support, uh, we're still documenting that. Those things are, are really being done like teachers, general ed, special ed teachers are collaborating on It could be lesson plans. It could be just prep time for videos, for direct instruction, um, modifying and accommodating work. Every teacher has uh, office hours, you know, and those office hours can be utilized if a parent or a student has questions. Our office hours are also utilized to assist with those IEP documentation and and, and data collection where they can work one-on-one virtually with students and and collect data as well. So the main thing is we have been trying to mirror as much as general ed as possible. So say, for instance, if general ed for ELA, if they are providing 45 minutes of instruction and special ed is trying to mirror the same amount of time as well. One of the things that we are using for our instruction is every general ed teacher has a course in Schoology. So we're using Schoology. And so every general ed teacher has given our special ed teachers access to their Schoology course. 
And so from there, that allows our general ed and special ed teachers to work together in collaborating so we can make sure that all of our students are being successful. Wow. That is a nice congruent process you guys got going on right there. How do you see the Uh future of special ed services under the COVID-19? Okay. So... (laughs) I spend a lot of my time talking with uh, my team. I have four specialists that work with me. And of course, all of us work with our parents and and teachers and administrators of all of our campuses. And, you know, I spend the majority of my time telling people that we're going to get through this if we work together. You know, and the the thing about special ed is, is our students are already struggling. That's why they have this disability. And so we have always been abreast of giving students what they need to be successful. And we're going to continue to do that. And so the online piece is, is going to be a challenge or, or it has been a challenge for our, our students and what we've been seeing is our special ed admin, teachers and administrators are being going over and beyond to work more and more by providing parent coaching. You know, it's going to always start with parent coaching because a lot of our kids are good or they're, they're technology savvy, you know, but still we have some that, that need that extra push on how to access the online learning piece. So one of the things that we spend a lot of time doing is the parent coaching piece, you know, trying to help them get adjusted to the online learning, helping them create routines and schedules for students. So that's one piece. We're going to have to continue with the future with special ed is providing coaching for parents. Um, the other thing is providing resources. You know, on our district website, we have a list of parent and student resources that parents and students can access at all times. So I think providing more of that is going to help our special ed students and parents as well. In addition to the parent coaching and the, the other resources, most of our kids are visual and they're hands-on. So we've got to provide a lot of job aids, you know, step-by-step instruction, you know, those uh, visual schedules, checklists, you know, just being available to parents, you know, when we were face-to-face, you know, teachers were already working from seven to to five or six. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, teachers are, are finding themselves working even more hours but we're trying to push harder to make sure that parents and students underline this understand this online process so it's just you know being more involved with parents being more involved with students and one of the things that we have talked about is this online learning we have to make sure that we're providing more online learning for staff development as well as online learning for, for parents as well. You know, we always forget yeah. about the online learning piece for, for parents. Yeah. Well, they can't help their children if they don't understand how to do it. So, you know, that, that's another thing. So, especially if we have uh, we have a big task to do with this, this online learning. So we've, we've tried to, to hit it, you know, uh, face forward. So we're going to keep on pushing, but it, it's something different. And it's a challenge. And I think, you know, with all things new, the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll feel with doing it. That's well said. I tell you, my hat's off to all special ed. We're all teachers, but like you said, in particular, those who are teaching our special education kids, you guys do a fantastic job. So the future, as we see it, is parent coaching, providing resources and job aids. I tell you what, that's a lot to take forward. And I know that, uh, like you said, together we can do it. Ms. Fields, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today and yes. being with us on the show. As always, you have provided us with a wealth of knowledge and information and given us all some tools on how to go forth in educating one of our most valuable resources, yes. our children. Yes, thank you, Ms. Yes, Fields. Sir. <laughs> thank you. Okay, all have right. a great day. You are listening to the I Want to Speak to the Principal podcast. 
with your host, Dr. Michael Milstead and William Jeffrey. It's where education is. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of I Want to Speak to the Principal. Speak to Principal would like to welcome Mrs. Lisa Moody to our show today. Ms. Moody, how are you today? I'm good. Just trying to stay dry. Right yeah, in here. Yeah, it is. We got quite a bit of bad weather covering this oh, uh, yeah. in Southeast Texas area. Well, thank you so much for joining us this today. Of course. Lisa, we're going to ask you, if you before we begin our interview with you, just to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, starting with your background in, in, uh, in education. Sure. Um, I have a bachelor's of teaching from Sam Houston State University, go Bearcats. Uh-huh. And um, this is my 35th year in um, education. I also have a master's degree in educational administration from Lamar University. And um, I have been in administration for, this is my 15th year um, as a a special education instructional coordinator. And um, so I do a little bit of everything with all kinds of special ed kids, all kinds of general general ed kids, and you name it, I've done it. Wow, <laughs> 15 like. years as an education administrator, and you still sound yeah. good, too. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> no, yes. I don't know about this. Got those gray hairs coming in right now. <laughs> yes, I work with your husband, and he brags on you all the time about special oh, ed. Well. Like, any question, oh, I'll call Lisa. So, you know, I, it's like we have to get her on the show. So I'm going to start yeah. off with the first question, um, and specifically, I want to focus on the autistic realm of special ed, and I just want to get some insight on a couple things. How important is a normal routine for an autistic student who at home right now in this COVID-19 era having to adjust to online learning? Oh, man, this is, this is you know, the best question because we, we try my with my teachers that I'm talking with on a daily basis to keep that normal schedule at home. So my my teachers have um, developed schedules just the same thing as they have at school, just for their home routine. Um, the online learning, that's not a big deal for our autistic kids because most of our autistic kids love being on some type of a computer. They love the iPad. They love the computer. They love technology. That's a big thing for them. So with us, main thing we have to do is limit that and um so we try to tell our parents like to make sure that they set that schedule that they you know are only on their ipad doing the online learning for a certain amount of time and then we want them to do other things in the household um doing cooking doing whatever but sticking to a schedule and we have to make sure that that schedule fits everybody's needs fits the parents needs fits the kids needs fits the siblings needs and um, so everybody can work together because, you know, working with autistic kids, that schedule goes out and then we have, you know, behavioral issues mm-hmm. and things like that. So our kids are like, they'd love that structure. And if we can stay close to that structure, the better for everybody. Okay. So um, we are definitely with our, you know, on the parents and um, our, our teachers are really good about communicating with the parent. What, what are your needs? What can we do? And I will create this structure, schedule, send it home, post it. The kid can check the schedule and and do what they need to do. And um, it makes them very independent and it keeps everybody on task and good. (laughs) Good as can be right now anyway. (laughs) Yeah, really. 
Hey, Lisa, you mentioned about iPads being a, a, a viable resource to, to mm -hmm. artistic students. In addition to that, are there other resources that we can share nationwide that can benefit uh, parents of artistic students? Oh, definitely. Parents can get online and they can go to um, my favorite ones are autismspeaks.org. Um, that's a national organization that has parent resources, teacher resources. Everything is there. Another one that we have is kidshealth.org. They have a lot of resources there. One of my favorites is from the University of North Carolina. That's where we do a lot of our ABA training and they come in and help our teachers. And so they have created a online toolkit for supporting individuals with autism during this COVID-19 epidemic. Wow. Um, just kind of follow up on that, Lisa. So any every type of resource that they have, you know, our teachers are really able to create packets and and things like that. And it's not just paper, pencil; it's activities that they can do at home, also. Gotcha. So, so some parents and teachers are struggling to get students to do work online because parents are not teachers. How can they support learning at home with limited knowledges of BIPs and ways to implement accommodations? Well, the good thing is that um, our students with autism, they've got a lot of structure in place. And the teachers will, I mean, they've had some great communication with the parents and um, giving them a step-by-step, -step, you know, first, second, third. It's almost like we have directions for the parents as long as the same as we have the directions for the students. Mm. It makes it a little bit easier for them to follow their behavior plan or their individual education plan. It just makes it easier for the parent and it makes it easier for the teacher if everybody's following the same step. Yes. And like I said, if the more communication that the teacher has with the parent and giving them the step-by-step -step instructions, it's going to be easier for those autistic kids to stay within their structure and their schedules. And I can't iterate enough to our teachers about how much documentation and parent communication that they give. Like I said, the teachers that I'm working with, it's on a daily basis. They do Zoom meetings with the parents. They do Zoom meetings with the students, which is kind of weird because the students are like, no, you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> it's just like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, I'm getting into the schedule and why am I talking to you now? You're at school. With our autistic kids, again, it's, it's a structure thing. And um, But again, our teachers are really good, and that's the main thing. The teachers need to make sure that they are contacting that parent and giving them the instruction, the steps on how to make sure that if this happens, then let's try this. If this happens, then let's try this. And that's the way that the BIPs and the IEPs are going to continue to be followed. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I do not have a fifth question. Here, <laughs> so, Lisa, as always, you have just blown it out the water and we appreciate you sharing your knowledge on I Want to Speak to the Principal. Um, I'm just so glad to have you on the show because you just bring a wealth of credibility to just helping navigate the waters of special ed, especially I have a niece that's autistic. So. Those are mm -hmm. some things that I would really like to see implemented in, in my own personal life. So I appreciate you giving us some strategies sure. from a parent standpoint of what we yeah. can do to implement. Yeah, that was great. Lisa. Thank you so much for sharing. The information no problem. Anytime, anytime. Yes. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a great day. Tweet, tweet, chat with us on Twitter. Be sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channels. Want to see some more of us? Head over and meet us on Instagram.
Speak to Principal is elated to have on our show today, Mrs. Laura Jeffrey. Mrs. Jeffrey, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Mrs. Jeffrey, before we begin our, you know what, I'm being too formal. Laura, before we, <laughs> <laughs> before we begin our interview with you today, we're just going to have you t- tell us a little bit about your background in education. Okay, so I've been in education now for 14 and a half years. I started in one of the largest school districts in Houston. I started in special education. I did PR. I did college and career readiness, worked in the admin building, and then I decided to bring it closer to home where I've been working in college and career readiness and now special education for the last six and a half years. Yes, there's one small piece that you forgot to mention. (laughs) I don't know what that is. (laughs) You have, uh, within that time frame of the 14 years, you have found the love of your life. Oh, yes, I have. I am married with two kids and two, yes, my two wonderful children and my dogs. Um, and of course, my husband. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love jokes. She's a she's a jokester, so that's what I love to do it. So, uh, Mrs. Jeffrey, being a frontline educator, how has this break affected some of the teachers that you work with? Um, it's been very difficult. It's been challenging. Um, I think every day it's a different emotion that um, teachers are feeling. Um, I've spoken to teachers outside of the teachers I work with daily as well, and we're trying to just do our best to be strong and be there for the parents and and kids during this time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, as we address this roadblocks to education, Laura, could you just kind of tell us what are some of the common issues that are not being addressed as you see it, especially? So I think that... Um, Everybody in education right now is struggling with the same thing and are doing an amazing job. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the first times in education that I've seen that teachers and principals and so forth are being given grace. Um, And that's a huge word that that we're following is is grace. And I think looking at social media and watching the news and how teachers are more appreciated and Mm -hmm. thought of now, Um, not saying they weren't before, but I think in this situation, Um, I think using the word grace when it comes to educators is very important. And I'm seeing a lot of that from the top down. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, teachers being appreciated, when in my current capacity in the school district I work in, I work with a lot of group home students and things like that. So they're now having to educate 60, 75 kids with only three or four people and, and daily they tell me how much they are gaining a greater appreciation for what teachers do on a daily basis. So I think you're right on point with everybody seeing that. Fortunately enough, all of my kids, Will, are grown and gone. So I have no You know what? Uh, speaking of appreciating, I cannot make it without Laura. She has my children. And if you are on my Instagram, you see my kids are working at the table. She has the schedules from day one. She had their schedules planned out, their meals. And then, you know, I come in, you know, trying to, hey, you know, no, they're on a schedule. You need to leave them alone. So I'll just be looking at the dogs when, you know, when I'm not doing my own work. So. Well, um, you know, every day I tell you, man, you married up. Yeah. Ain't no doubt. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. you married up, bro. Ain't no yeah. doubt about yeah, it. I so did. anyway, God bless you. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. And I have another question for you, sure. Mrs. Jeffrey. How do you relate to parents in your role as a campus compliance coordinator um, in this 
COVID-19 era? I want to say that I'm very blessed, but I think I have more of an appreciation um, and can relate to them more um, because one, I do work with special education on a daily basis um, at work, but one of our children is special ed and our other child is 504. Mm -hmm. So having to not only keep them on a schedule, but also help with their accommodations and homeschool them, as well as doing my job as an educator and then as a wife and a mother and everything. I'm able to talk to parents and I tell them this all the time is that, okay, let me take my educator hat off. I learned this from my principal. Let me take my educator hat off and let me talk to you parent to parent because I too have a child that is in special education or I do have a child that is 504. So I can relate to you on that level. And so I think being able to go through that personally has kind of helped my parents, I feel, because then they talk to me as a person or a parent, not just, oh, well, Miss Jeffrey's telling us this is how we have to do things. Exactly. Yeah, you you do break down barriers very well. Um, I appreciate how you are in conversation with parents. I was over listening to a conversation. I think your principal invites you to these meetings and you guys were very personable. And I was like, man, to, it's rare to find support like that right. in special education. And I shouldn't say that. I don't really mean that people are not supportive in special right. education, but there was a personal feel to when, when her principal and her and whoever else was in that meeting and that parent was talking and this, this particular gentleman is not a native right. of America. And I felt warm and fuzzy from the way they interacted with that young man. I think at this time with all the uncertainty and educators learning new roles Mm -hmm. because everybody has a new role and you're juggling your household and you're juggling your job. And again, that brings us back to that word grace, how, Mm -hmm. how it's so important and working with special education students, you know, that's another thing that you have to do because now teachers not only are preparing lessons, but they have their conference times where they open up to allow students to jump on. And then we have times for parents to jump on. And, you know, we're back into fate. And so therefore we can be audited and things can happen. And so we have to keep track of what accommodations that we're using for the kids, both in 504 and in special ed. And so I just think that word grace is just really, really um a big word and a nice word and a, a helpful word I during agree. the situation. I, I and um, mm-hmm. that's just something where I work is that we're being able to be given grace. Yeah. So this is a time of leadership. <laughs> and, and, you know, we have conversations about leadership. And I know you have a great leader in your principal because she gives books. Man, I, I was sitting in here in, in the studio just preparing some stuff right. and the little doorbell ring came up and uh-huh. so I'm looking to see somebody running from my door so I get up and I look around the corner and I was like who was at the door her principal dropped off some cookies oh, uh, rocks. rocks Oh, well, it was a present I should say <laughs> yes. it was a rock. somebody else dropped off cookies right. somebody dropped off a rock <laughs> so I'm like man what's wrong what's going on with these people <laughs> so you know that leadership piece right now and, and Grace I think yes, is a important. It's like a theme that should be. My my principal dropped off, went to every single staff member's house, took her eight hours um, and a full tank of gas and went and dropped off a note and a rock that said family on it that was engraved to every single staff member. Wow. Um, That's powerful. And yeah, it's powerful. powerful. And just to know that we have the support, not only at my school, but other educators Mm -hmm. that I speak to in other schools and other districts. 
you know, their principals are doing different things. Right. And just to know that we have that support, even from the top down right. um, during this yeah. strange time or the new normal right. really. Is, is, really. is really comforting to know that, yes, I can get a phone call at 4.30 and do my job and I don't have to be at 7 to, you know, 3.50 there, there, there where I can still be there for my children. Right, there you go. You know, I just want to chime in on the word that you use, grace, during these uh, times of uncertainty that we ha- we're having. You know, it is certainly a blessing to be sitting in front of both you and your husband and uh, knowing that you guys have created an opportunity that we can actually reach out to many educators over the air and just talk to them about things that are going on right now, particularly with all this COVID-19 and sharing all this expertise and all the information. Laura, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, how challenging that must be, not only be a special ed teacher, but be parent of a special ed student too, all at one time, you know, trying to take what you know as a professional and trying to couple that with being a good parent and your kids are gonna say, well, hey, but you just mom, you can't be our teacher and mom at the same time. Those type of things. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a lot going on, but, but you and your husband have provided us this opportunity to be able to reach out and share these type of stories and this information to educators, not only in the state of Texas, but across the world. Yeah. So that, in my perspective, is God's grace. So thank you and God bless you guys. And uh, keep on keeping on, man. We're getting at this. We're going to get through this whole thing. Oh, yeah, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. Well, I would like to thank you, Lord Jeffrey, for coming on our show. Yes, ma'am. And uh, hopefully you'll come back again. Sure thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at I Want to Speak to the Principal. You can also leave us a message on Anchor and all those voice notes can be played into our next episode. So please interact with us. We're looking forward to hearing from you.